it's uh, Anthony Harcher from Me and My Wellness, and this is the second episode of Me and My Health Chats. Uh, today we have someone I know really well uh, through my studies, uh, you know, studying nutrition. Uh, so it's Kirsty Taylor, and uh, she's from The Nourishing Way, and she's got a really nice journey to share with us about her gut health and hence her journey into understanding more about her gut and what's going on and and through that journey you know and plus her studies has developed incredible insight as to what people can do to heal their gut so this episode is all about uh, helping you to solve your gut problems using the expertise of uh, Kirsty Taylor so uh, I'd like to welcome everyone to Kirsty Taylor hello how are you fantastic how are you doing I'm great, thank you. Yes, and where are you joining us from? I am in the UK at the moment, so a little county called Wiltshire. Wow, nice, nice. Yeah. I haven't been there, but uh, it looks very peaceful. <laughs> I mean, so it is. Your background. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Kirsty, I'm really intrigued about hearing your story. I certainly personally haven't heard it, so I'm as intrigued as yep. much as the viewers are to hear um, about your journey uh, with gut health. Well, my gut health definitely links also to my rosacea. Um, and if people don't know what that is, that's kind of the redness on the skin, which at the moment is going down, which I'll probably, I will get to. Um, so they're, they're, they are very much linked and it's kind of really hard to pinpoint exactly when they kind of both began. Um, it was probably sort of that, I would say around 2014, 2015, um, I, even though I was, you know, quote unquote, eating healthy and exercising a lot, I was putting on weight and my general health sort of started to decline around the same time. Um, I, yeah, at the same time also had hormonal issues. Um, so it was kind of the hormonal and gut stuff really sort of started to come together. Um, and then that turned into um, the rosacea and the skin progressively got worse. I started to react to lots of food I was eating and like even the healthy food. So it didn't matter what I was eating. It was sort of, I was finding I was having issues with it. Um, and I think probably what most people don't appreciate is um, the effect on the quality of life that both of those conditions can have. So if you have gut issues and quite bad, like you don't want to go out because you don't want to eat certain foods or, you know, you need to be sometimes close to a bathroom and same with like skin conditions, um, whether it's rosacea or like psoriasis or even eczema and stuff, like depending where it is on your body, it can actually make you feel quite self-conscious. So that actually like definitely become an issue. Life was getting super busy and stressful at the time as well, which um, definitely always links into those kind of things. So yeah, it was through um, probably having the rosacea that I really found my passion and link with SIBO. Okay. So, because um, those two are, are quite related and, and a lot SIBO, of my... SIBO, what's, you know, just for the viewers that don't understand. Uh, yep. Yeah, what's that? It is um, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Okay. So it's basically where bacteria that should be living in other parts of your body. Mm -hmm. So whether it's... Um, down in your large intestine and they're even finding that sometimes bacteria from your mouth can okay. be in your small intestine which yeah. is kind of cool yeah. um, but the reason um, yeah so this bacteria is good like if you normally have it it's fantastic it's just meant to be in the right spots so it's not meant to be in your small intestine 
Um, yeah, and that can then lead to a whole host of different health problems. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my journey in a nutshell. And that, I suppose, through that journey led me to study nutrition. And that's how yeah. I met you. Yeah. Um, that's how I ended up at Endeavour because I, yeah, just got such a passion for it because I suppose I could see the benefits it was having on me and I wanted to do that for everyone. And what were you doing prior to nutrition? What was your life? Um, I was always in operations management. So um, for either supermarkets, I worked for Aldi and I also um, worked at Wendy's, the ice cream company, if people remember that. So yeah, I literally went and I used to make um, ice cream for a living. So yeah, make it and sell it. So I have definitely done the whole 180. Um, Not that ice cream is bad. We definitely still enjoy that. But yeah, I went from a very high sugary, high carb kind of caffeine fueled existence to where I eat now. (laughs) Wow. We'll get it. We'll get on to what you eat uh, now, but uh, just um, on the the SIBO front, Mm -hmm. what sort of symptoms come as a result of SIBO? Oh, pretty much any of your gastrointestinal symptoms. So it can be bloating, belching, um, the constipation, diarrhea, alternating. It's actually really linked with IBS. So if people like think about those IBS style symptoms, um, like a lot of pain um, in a lot of wind, they literally think that... um, so basically, I think it's a, the figures are around 11% of the population have IBS mm-hmm. and up to 80% of people with IBS um, generally have SIBO. So between, I think it's like 60 or 80. So it's in the IBS population, it's actually quite prevalent. And how do they distinguish between IBS and SIBO? Um, it's done through a breath test. So you take a um, solution and then you breathe into tubes sort of every um, 20 minutes. And yeah, your body will produce two gases as it digests and ferments food, which is, again, quite natural, okay. um, hydrogen and methane. Right. Um, but it's when those spike too much and too quickly, and that's how you know that the fermenting's happening in the wrong spot. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. And... Um... You know, so people that may be experiencing this, mm-hmm. what, what can they do about it? Like, what what's the first? You know, what would you recommend the first step be if you're experiencing these? Now, these symptoms you mentioned, belching and yeah. feeling bloated, and you know that intermittent constipation, diarrhea. What what would be the first point point of call? Well, obviously, I would think you should go and see a natural health person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so because you do want to know if it is a SIBO that you're dealing with. Because yeah. um, I mean, it could be something else. Like I said, it's between 60 and 80. There could be something else going on and you want to know um, what that is. There is one thing you really need to address is the underlying conditions that can cause SIBO of which like there are heaps and they fall into sort of four main categories. Okay. So um, you look at impaired motility. So that's basically that wave that pushes your food down through basically from your throat all the way down out to your bottom. Um, so if something happens that impairs that motility, mm-hmm. it can cause food to sit in the small intestine too long and start to ferment. And that can literally be 
something like food poisoning, but a right. severe food poisoning. So if you've had it for more than 24 hours, it could be possible um, a traumatic brain injury. So if mm-hmm. you've had a fall, I mean, how many people like fall off bikes or fall off horses? And, you know, it, you might do that and it might not cause SIBO, but some people it will. Um, hypothyroidism slows yeah. everything down. So that kind of stuff. Um, definitely have impaired digestion. Yep. So um, when your stomach acid isn't strong enough, um, mm-hmm. maybe you've got poor bile flow, um, being in that, you know, stressed out, chronic fight or flight yeah. situation, um, that definitely impairs your digestion. Yeah. And let's face it, that is definitely a trigger for a lot of people. Yes. Um, then we've got things like that impair the flow through the intestines. So it's basically a result of adhesions. So you might have had an abdominal surgery like appendicitis. Yeah. Endometriosis is a huge one. And like that's getting more and more common in females. Yeah. Um, and then medications. So people literally take anti-diarrhea medications like Imodium. Right. And this can actually stop it. So can things like antidepressants and even your cholesterol-lowering drugs. So there is a lot. But yeah. I think addressing those... You need to make sure you're addressing those. Otherwise, there's no point treating the rest of us. It's going to keep coming back. And what do medicine do in relation to, yes, they could diagnose it, but what, what's their treatment? How, how would they support someone through this? They probably wouldn't even diagnose it, unfortunately. Okay. It's not um, something that they are really looking at as, I suppose, a legitimate cause at the moment, which is unfortunate. There is definitely a huge amount of research being done, which I think is really helping it. Yes. Um, So that is definitely um, becoming up. But they won't generally send someone for a breath test. Unfortunately, that's something you have to do through a natural health practitioner and you do have to pay for it at the moment. Right. Um, But I know in the US it's a little bit different. They have their naturopathic doctors. And some people also find um, that when you treat something else with antibiotics, it can actually help your SIBO. And that's because it's having an effect of killing the bacteria. So they can actually help, but it's obviously not in a purposeful way. It's more of a side effect. Yeah. 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 Um, And is there any genetic predisposition to this like can parents or anyone is there any, anything no unless something could like i mean things like hypothyroidism could be genetic so it depends some of the underlying symptoms yes could definitely be genetic endometriosis can sometimes be genetic um but not the actual SIBO it's more the underlying causes okay. and yeah. then so your, your approach is very much find that underlying cause Mm-hmm. and you work with that underlying cause. So just say it's, you know, stress-related, you'll work with yeah. the client on the stress side of things. Yeah. Is there anything you do co-currently, uh, at, you know, once you've found that underlying root cause yeah. to help so, alleviate symptoms or...? Yeah. yeah. Um, I follow um, Dr. Noella Jacoby's protocol. Okay. So she's um, an Australian... Um, naturopathic doctor and she's known as a SIBO doctor. So she's like (laughs) the queen um, of SIBO. Um, And she has developed with um, Alison Seabacker, someone in the um, US, a biphasic protocol. So we start off um, in the first phase of the diet. And it is is a little bit 
restrictive, but it is a therapeutic diet. So we don't expect people to be on it for a long time. And the idea is you get the symptoms down. So you try and give people that relief. Um, and that probably goes for around four weeks you're looking at. And then um, hopefully by that time you've got your test results back and you know if you're dealing with methane, hydrogen or yeah. both. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can then use your antimicrobials, which is what we would use as natural health practitioners right. to kill off some of that bacteria. Okay. Um, and at the same time, you start adding some foods back, but you do it really gently right. and obviously monitor their symptoms. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's, um, I guess, how, how do people best contact you if, you know, if they're experiencing these symptoms and feeling, you know, discomfort and it's been happening for a number of years how do they get into contact with you how do they get help um well my website is the nourishingway.com.au so you mm -hmm. can find me there or yeah. literally if you look up the nourishing way on facebook or instagram i yeah. always hang out there and that's probably the easiest way to find me yep and you obviously consult online like we are doing today on zoom yep yep, yep absolutely yeah yeah yep. um and in terms of um, ISO, you know, it's obviously very topical at the moment. Uh, and you mentioned stress. So there yes. could be potentially, you know, more instances where people are feeling more of these gastrointestinal symptoms. And, um, yep. and yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, and it, it could be, you know, I, I guess the predisposition to what, you know, what coming out of ISO is, um, you know, it, it was triggered by the, the isolation or the, uh, the limitations or the stress of you know being in this pandemic i think too um yeah being in isolation has probably made people stop and even pay attention to their symptoms because i know for me like when i was in those jobs working sort of 50 hours a week and you like you don't have time to be sick or you don't even listen to your body so yeah. your body might be giving you these little whispers and you know you might start getting bloated after meals and then it starts, you know, becoming, you know, maybe you get a little bit more constipated or the diarrhea starts to happen a little bit more, or the belching starts and like, it's just these little things keep adding on. Yes. Um, and yeah, before you know it, it's this. So I think isolation has probably helped a lot of people stop and maybe listen to their body for the first yes. time. So, you know, it might not be gastrointestinal symptoms. It could yes. be anything. So, um, yeah, I think isolation could have, can be actually good for some people to be able to allow them to. So what my, one of my favorite sayings, listen to your body whisper so it doesn't have to scream. Yeah, very true, actually. Yes. Very true. Get it in the early days. And I was, yeah. was going to ask, um, is, is there any ways of preventing this? So what can people do on that prevention front to avoid getting SIBO? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, you definitely could prevent it by working on some of those triggers especially if you're like prone to those type of things and i think once you've had SIBO so personally i have had it and when i treated it the first time so i did that back i think it was in 2016 i it came back but i was still working my 50 hour a week job i still had a lot of stress and at the time the person i was working with you know we've come a long way in 4 years in terms of like all the research and stuff and you know together we didn't work enough on those underlying symptoms which is why that's such a big part 
okay. of it for me now. And I must say, I'm currently treating it again now. Right. So it takes me the next four years, which again is great in ISO because it doesn't matter if you're on a restricted diet because you're just yeah. at home. So it's like the perfect time to do these things. Um, but it's being aware of the triggers too, because if, um, you know, say you've got hypothyroidism and, you know, you might feel like your digestion is generally a little bit sluggish. Mm. Well, you could work to make sure that that doesn't then become a SIBO, like, because exactly. obviously it doesn't happen overnight. Yes. But if you know, you start noticing, or oh, maybe I'm only going to the toilet every second day, mm -hmm. um, you want to obviously get that food moving through. So working on stuff to improve your motility. Um, same with digestion. If you notice you get a little bit more burpy than usual, or maybe mm -hmm. that's your stomach acid. So what can we do to help that? Mm -hmm. um, and periods of stress, we all know that that like instantly can affect our digestion. So yeah, if you're going through those stressful times, just, you know, being aware of them and just finding times, even if it's for five minutes to do some really deep belly breaths, it's yeah. just amazing how much, and it's always the simple things I find <laughs> that have the biggest impact. Yeah. So really, yeah, managing that stress side of things and yeah. listening to your body. And in order to, you mentioned the motility, doing something about that. What can you do, you know, from a nutritionist point of view, in terms of helping with that motility? I mean, we can, there's definitely some supplements that we can give yeah. that help that. It's called a prokinetic, and the idea is that it helps that motility wave. Mm -hmm. um, but some of my favorite ones are actually not food related. Okay. Um, so gargling water, because right. the thing that actually helps is the vagus nerve that runs from our brain to our gut. Yes. So stimulating that vagus nerve, which actually runs down the back of our throat, which is why things like singing really loudly work. So <laughs> in the shower, when at the moment we can't really go for long drives, but when we can drive again, like sing at the like really loud, um, it's gargling water, yeah. humming. So if you're into, again, you can sort of use them both if you want to meditate to help your stress. Yeah. If you do some chanting, um mm -hmm. that can really help as well okay. so yeah those stimulating the vagus nerve can be and they're fun things to do people feel like they're idiots but once you start doing it it actually i don't know bring back a little giggling and joy in your life too which i think is missing sometimes absolutely a bit of car yeah. karaoke exactly <laughs> singing in the shower yeah, i mean how good does everyone sound in the shower yeah <laughs> so good that uh, sounds like fun. <laughs> sounds like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Easy to do. Um, yeah. Yep. And it's good for you. And it helps, yep. you know, helps prevent SIBO or helps, you know, lower the symptomatic profile and helps, you know, as you said, with motility. Yeah. Um, what, what would be your number one tip in helping someone through ISO at the moment? What would you suggest? Oh, so many. Um, well, I think the best one for me has actually been nature therapy. Okay. I have found that if I can get outside, again, not food related, but I think it just is so important. Even yeah. if it's just um, putting your feet in the grass with yeah. some sunshine on your face. Um, but I really like long walks, like just really sitting out there and appreciating it. I think that just, again, getting out of the space, moving yeah. some energy definitely is a help. So that real, yeah, I guess appreciation for the world as it is and, and how yeah. it presents itself and, and engaging with it. So what you're saying is, you know, taking off the shoes and connecting with the grass yeah. and um, observing the beauty, that hidden beauty that we often 
uh, oversee, you know, when we're running around yeah. and said, you know, doing those 50 hour weeks and, and ISO allows us, you know, or it's forced us into slowing down. So yeah. we can yeah. now appreciate what's around us. Um, and it's quiet, like yeah. the world. I mean, it is definitely getting a bit busier now. I know in Australia you guys can move around a lot more. And um, even like obviously the first two weeks we were in lockdown here in the UK, it was definitely quiet and people are, I think, a little bit more getting out and doing those nature walks now. So it's definitely, you can hear the world waking up a little bit but it's still really quite peaceful and yeah, such a, so, so nice. So yeah. I really quite like that. What would your tip be? I, I'm very much, I, I'm very much that nature person. So um, yeah. yeah, I love nature. I, I love getting out of, you know, I grew up on five acres. So, you know, I love the bush and love playing, playing in the dirt and, and you know, yeah. um, <laughs> growing up near the sea, you know, going down to the ocean, going for an yeah. ocean swim and, uh, just really being with it. Like that's what I love about ocean swimming is, you know, you're moving with the, the, the waves and, you know, you're just, just allowing your body to feel it. Um, yeah. I, I find, you know, you get into a nice rhythm and the sun shining on you. It's just amazing. It's, you know, it's peaceful and relaxing and yeah, it really calms me. Um, oh, you've just made me miss the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I can drive, that's where I'm going. I'm heading down the beach. <laughs> well, it's been so wonderful to have you on, uh, Kirsty, and you know, thanks for sharing all your tips around SIBO and you know what can people look out for in terms of the symptomatic profile. What can they do in terms of you know who to contact, who to best go to, and obviously you know someone with your expertise that you know has a lived experience that's now qualified in treating it that you know understands what works what doesn't work you know because you've been through it yourself you're now treating yeah. clients with SIBO so um you know really appreciate the you know the time you've put aside to really share you know your knowledge with the viewers as to what they can do to help improve their gut health and particularly I loved all your tips around you know stress management you know it's yeah. something that confronts all of us and particularly yeah. more so than ever in today's current climate so um yeah i really appreciate the time and uh viewers uh please get in touch with um kirsty taylor from the nourishing way so google the nourishing way or just you know put in your browser the nourishingway.com.au and you'll go to uh, kirsty's website there's contact details on how to reach her on that as well as um facebook uh is another way in which you can contact kirsty so uh is there any last concluding comment you'd like to share with the viewers before we sign out? And um, I think if you do go into any kind of treatment for a chronic disease, because generally if people have SIBO, it is a chronic disease um, because they've usually gone to the doctors a few times wondering what their symptoms are. Obviously, they haven't been diagnosed with anything particular, so they've usually had it for quite a while. Um, and, yeah, again, with anything chronic, remember that the path back to healing is a marathon, not a sprint. So don't expect to get results like that. It is that very slow, gradual pace. And when you cross that finish line, it makes it all the more exciting. I love that concluding message. Yes, yeah. it's, a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And to, yeah. you know, have that, if you have that expectation, you're working on, you know, going through that journey and focused on the process as, as you outlaid in terms of your treatment protocol for SIBO, you're just doing, 
the process, doing it day in and day out. And, and eventually over time, things will heal and you'll feel so much better for it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom, Kirsty, and uh, have a great day. I know it's the it's start of your day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take care. See you See later. Bye-bye. Podcast disclaimer. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it do not constitute medical, healthcare, or professional advice and are provided for general information purposes only. All care is taken in the preparation of the information in this podcast. Connected Wellness Proprietary Limited, operating under the brand Me and My Health Up, does not make any representations or give any warranties about its accuracy, reliability, completeness, or suitability for any particular purpose. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it are not to be used as a substitute for professional, medical, psychological, psychiatric, or any other mental health care or health care in general. Me and My Health Up recommends you seek the advice of a doctor or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Inform your doctor of any changes that you made to your lifestyle and discuss these with your doctor. Do not disregard medical advice or delay visiting a medical professional because of something you hear in this podcast. This podcast has been carefully prepared on the basis of current information. Changes in circumstances after publication may affect the accuracy of this information. To the maximum extent permitted by the law, Me and My Health Up disclaims any such representations or warranties to the completeness, accuracy, merchantability, or fitness for purpose of this podcast and will not be liable for any expenses, losses, damages, incurred indirect or consequential damages or costs that may be incurred as a result of the information being inaccurate or incomplete in any way and for any reason. No part of this podcast can be reproduced, redistributed, published, copied, or duplicated in a form without prior permission of me and my health up.